Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Arena Craft Podcast, a show dedicated exclusively to Magic the Gathering Arena. My name is Arjuna, and I'm returning to a fairly somewhat standard intro format for the show. Joining today, as always, is the wonderful, one of my best friends, just one of the coolest content creators ever, and recently had an amazing birthday, Covert Go Blue. How are you doing today, buddy? Uh, doing great. Wonderful to be here. And yes, uh, I had a birthday on Monday. It was a really fun stream. And actually, today is also my anniversary. Oh, no way. Yeah. All right, dude. Recording on the anniversary. Many congratulations. Wife is yeah. super yeah. supportive. 16 years today. Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel I feel really special, actually. I didn't know that. And uh, so thank you, man. She actually uh, brought over a whole bunch of her friends from the roller derby team. They're upstairs. So I just hear a bunch of grown women giggling like like children. Uh, so if I look distracted every now and then, that's what's going on. So she has <laughs> okay. her friends over and I've got mine. I've got my buddy Arjuna and I'm, you know, I'm going to spend time with you instead of a whole bunch of roller derby gals. I don't know how to feel about that, but I'll just feel appreciative. Today, we're going to spend the vast majority of our time talking about all of the various news that was unveiled by Wizards of the Coast. They had their little showcase. They kind of previewed the next year of Magic coming up. So I'm really stoked to talk about that. Yeah. But first. Yeah. But first, Kovac Blue, we need to have a talk. A talk? Am I in trouble? Well, let's let's get into it. You can decide how much trouble you're in. So this is kind of how this week's unfolded for me, right? So I think it was on Monday, I was just like watching CGB stream, or maybe it was a Tuesday, I don't remember. And all of a sudden, someone just kind of obliquely mentions like, oh, yeah, like, blah, 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 what you said about Arjuna in your video today. And I was like, huh, okay, cool. So I like go over to CGB's channel like you do. And like, boom, right there it is. Video is Simic tier one. And I was like, oh my god, Covert Go Blue's like playing my deck and he's talking about it and we're going to go into this today. I feel flattered. This is awesome. I'm going to enjoy this video, right? So I, I get it fired up and like a minute into it, I'm just like, what? It's, you know, you know that like that gif of that like booking dude, you know, who's just like, what's going on here? <laughs> and I'm looking at the deck list and I'm like, what is this list? What is CGB playing? What is this monstrosity of a deck? What are you talking about? <laughs> I got it off your Twitter. Dude. Okay, so the first question I have for you is like, how many months ago did you did you get that deck list? I honestly went to your Twitter and scrolled and grabbed the first thing I saw that looked Simic. Dude, because that that list that you had was like a month old. A month? What? Dude, I Is that added not the teachings... deck you were talking about? Dude, I added teachings of the archaics to that deck, like, or teachings of the ancients, whatever that spell is, like, a month ago. I, like, when you released that video, I had a whole new Snow version of that deck playing Decisive Denial. Like, it was, like, one of the most cringe moments I've ever had on your channel, buddy. And I, I have to say, it was a little surprising. A little surprising. You know, you don't expect the sensei of the dojo to walk out with his entire ass showing. <laughs> But, you know, no, so, wait a sometimes minute. it wait happens, a man. Okay. Sometimes it happens. I'm an old man. This has been recently <laughs> revealed, actually. I am, am, in fact, ancient and not good at technology. I didn't get an, into Twitter until really like one and a half years ago. Maybe I've been seriously trying to use it for a year. I am telling you, I search ArenaCraft, the vi 
arena craft pod and the very first thing that comes up is you with a simic list and i hit the little button that goes to decklist link and i copy off either hub and i went so do you not delete your old tweets when you update your decklist what the hell is that <laughs> I, I have no idea where this deck list came from, CGB, because I have been updating my EtherHub list. So, like every time I update the deck, I basically update that list. Now I'm just so. Now I'm going straight. So Twitter, what is this? <laughs> there was some kind of like time machine that happened. Anyway, another weird thing is that you had this weird deck list that had three Quandrix campuses in it. Yeah, dude, I've never run three Quandrix campuses in that deck in my life. Wait, you're saying this was not your deck? So basically, yes, I've never played a version of the deck, which is the deck that you played on that video. What then? What the heck? Where did it come from? <laughs> so I have, I have no idea. Oh, I'm trying to find what it you're now. Working with. No, I, I've got to find it now. This is okay. This is like, um, dude, we got sabotaged. We got set up or something. What the hell? Now I'm like, now I have to find it. My honor is now on the line. There it is. Okay. I've got a version here that has two Quandrix campuses. I think this is it. Hold on. Oh, my God. You retweeted freaking MTG Joe. Dude. You retweeted MTG Joe's tweet, and that's where I got that's, this. Dude. All right. Oh, no. Do you feel silly yet? Do you feel no. silly yet? <laughs> what are you doing retweeting other people's deck lists? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No. I, CGB. I cringed so hard. I cringed so hard that entire video. And the whole time, and this is the best thing, Crafties, the whole time Koblu is just ripping me a new one. He's like, Arjuna, why aren't you running teachings of the ancients in this deck? What are you doing? From my perspective, you can see this is a legitimate concern. <laughs> well, yes, of course, which is why I added two copies of them a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what anyway. you're telling me is MTG Joe and the retweet function on Twitter is the problem. I think that Covert Go Blue phoning in his video is the real problem here. And <laughs> so if Covert Go Blue had actually, you know, gone to my Twitter and actually been following, you know, my developments with my signature deck in the format, he would have known that I had released a sweet new snow version of the deck playing two copies of Decisive Denial, among other things. I have long since banished mediocre cards, such as Into the Royal, from the list. And I am currently sporting a 68% win rate only in Mythic. The deck has never been played in any part of the ladder except for Mythic. It's the deck that took me to 500-something on the ladder before I decided to, to put it away. Anyway, the point is... The deck has come a long ways since the deck that you played on your video. In my defense, now I've been accused of phoning it in. In my defense, <laughs> I was only trying to scramble to get together multiple days of content with impending downtime, a massive rebranding launch about to occur, new products about to come out at Cool Stuffing. Check it out, coolstuffing.com slash CGB. <laughs> And a birthday stream, both Monday and Tuesday, I streamed for like eight to nine hours. Like, and that was after not having internet for a week. So literally going from like having no chance to get ahead on any of this stuff. And maybe I, you know, grabbed the first list I saw on Twitter. I, I, I think what we've all learned here today is uh, to that, that I'm old and don't know how to use Twitter. <laughs> so CGV, I know you've had a lot going on. And, you know, I think there was a little uh, it's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to going on in that video. And, you know, dude, 
It's totally fine. I love you, man. You know, everything's going to be good between us, but I just couldn't let the show go on without letting the crafties know exactly what happened and without reestablishing a little bit of my honor in the situation. Okay, okay, because okay. frankly, I did not appreciate getting dragged through the mud for your mediocrity. <laughs> Arjuna. So there it is. <laughs> I've said it. Arjuna, people of the crafty universe, <laughs> I sincerely apologize for the pain I have caused you, but not for making you spit out your water. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so, all right, I wasn't going to do this, but I was going to move on from the whole Simic thing. I mean, I was going to keep playing the deck, but I wasn't going to like keep spending a lot of valuable Arena Craft podcast time talking about it. But I did just want to check in with you and get your thoughts on, you know, I know that you've played a couple versions of Simic yourself mm -hmm. and just kind of get your take on like, how are you feeling about it right now? And, you know, what I want to say is, I felt pretty I felt pretty good about my assertion that Simic Ramp is a tier one deck in the format. I am not under the illusion that I'm running like the world's best, most optimized, perfect build. I've simply been following ideas that I like and playing a deck that I enjoy and getting really high win rates in Mythic and feeling good enough about that. Legit. But do you but do you think that like the best version or a really good version of Simic Ramp can be a tier one in the format after having played quite a lot of it? Hmm. Good question. I see potential. So I have a, I have a story about kind of what happened after. So my birthday came the day before the rank reset and the downtime. And so the season ended at a weird time, like 8 a.m., right? And I'd totally forgotten during my stream. I was goofing around. I played like the, a Simic Ramp deck on stream for a while. Uh, very much like the way I kind of want to do it. When I ramp, I really just want to skip the middle. I, and I'm, I'm definitely like a spam four ofs. I just want every game to feel the same and get to the part where I win. <laughs> you know, where I cast the big thing early and win. So I, I like take out most of the interaction, most of the one of and fun ofs. And I just like, I just want to play coma. You know, that's like what I want to mm. do. So I have my own version of it and I was playing around with it on stream and I was doing okay. And I was, I was like probably like 98, 99%. And then, like, right before bed, I, I remembered, oh, my gosh, rank resets tonight, you know? So mm. I'm sitting there in front of the TV, and I, I'm, like, grab my Simic ramp, and I, I win, like, three straight really fast. And I'm in, I'm, like, number 1,000. And I'm, like, well, if rank resets in five hours, I'm probably fine at 1,000. And I go to bed. So every year, and I, I really do have to become a grown-up about my diet at some point, but every year for my birthday, like, the weird tradition that started some point when I was a kid is called dirt pudding. But what this is, is Oreos mixed with chocolate pudding and a lot of whipped cream. It's toxic. It's sugar. It's diabetes in a bucket. It's, you know, it's just bad. But it's my birthday, you know. it's I don't want a birthday cake because I don't really eat cake. And this is my version of a birthday cake. So my wife makes it. I eat it not long before bed. I wake up at four in the morning already, like, clenching. You know what I mean? Like, the stomach... Stomach is sending a clear message now. Now. Roto roots is coming it's through. It's gotta go. <laughs> like when you wake up and you're already clenching when you when you wake up. Like that bad. So I I, I like jump out of bed at 4 a.m., run into the bathroom. And it's like I got that that few minutes of alone time to myself. And my iPad's right there. I left it there. I don't remember when or how, but I left it there. Grab it, check my rank, and I'm like eleven eighty-nine. With like three hours, whatever it was to go. And I'm like, that's not going to hold. 
Like that decay was insane. So cue up Simic Ramp, bring it home, turn five, like Cyclone Summoner, turn six, Cyclone Summoner, turn seven, All Runs Epiphany. <laughs> Just bring it home from an uncomfortable position and, uh, you know, top 800 or something, lock up another top 1200 finish, go to bed. So if I, go. without even really waking up uh, from my toilet, can bring home a top 1200 mythic finish, sure, it could be tier one. There you That's go, the bar, folks. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's the bar. <laughs> so as long as, as long as we're on the topic, I just wanted to highlight a few things here. Because I had, of course, as you know, YouTube comments are very charitable, to say the least. Oh, yes. And I had some wonderful people in your community saying some very, very nice things about me and my deck lists. And um, one of the tweets that stood out to me the most was someone being like, lol, Arjuna must have lost so much that he eventually got easy matchups, and that's why he has such a high win rate with the deck. And I went, you know what, weird person on the internet, I'm actually going to investigate exactly what's been going on here to see which matchups I get. And this is the old version of the deck, by the way. It's the version I played the entire last month, which is not the best version of the deck. Currently sitting at 66% win rate. And uh, I'm looking at my list and the top, what do you think my top matchup is? The matchup I've played the most with the deck. White. Yes. 65% win rate. Next. What's, what's my next most common matchup? Green? That's number three. Okay. Uh, dragons. Prismari. Nope, oh. that's uh, number five what on the What am I missing? So the second one is Ozog. Oh, Yes, nice. you're right. Cool. Blood on the Snow decks. Yep. Second most common matchup I've played with the deck, 65% win rate. Third, Mono Green, 60% win rate. The fourth is Rakdos, 75% win rate. And the fifth is Is It Dragons, which is a 55% win rate, which makes sense because it's a hard matchup, right? This is... Almost 200 games that I've played with this deck now. Uh-huh. And so to you, Rando, in the comments, who is challenging, <laughs> challenging my ascension with the deck, challenging, thinking that I was just getting meme matchups, I present to you. And most of these games are played in Mythic, by the way. So I believe I have safely defended the honor of the deck. And the last thing I want to say to you, CGB, is, you know, if you are having like a sub 50% win rate with the deck, there's only one common denominator there, in my opinion. What I'm taking away from this is you actually think that YouTube comments cares about <laughs> numbers, stats, logic, or anything other than their opportunity to dunk on something and do it? <laughs> so there's a whole conversation here, and I don't know where or when to have this conversation. There's a reason that most YouTube videos have the same format, which is two or three games of the deck winning, one game of the deck losing, and another game of the deck winning. Mm. Because without the formula, it always goes the same. People look for any reason to confirm some bias that they have or dunk on something, and they get negative because they feel they have permission. Yep. And I knew when I was making that video that it wasn't going the way I wanted, and I didn't have time to reshoot. Mm. I felt like horrible about it after and during because I know exactly what's going to happen when I do that. It was simply a case of I got myself into a situation where I had no content if I didn't use what I had. So sometimes the narrative just has to be like a WWE promo. And I knew that you, you would come on here and probably read me the riot act. I didn't know I wasn't using your deck. That's <laughs> It's news to me, but I don't know where to have the conversation, but it's true. It's kind of amazing how when you give, if you even seem a little flustered, if you lose just a couple games, the tone of your Twitch
Twitch chat or the tone of your video comments goes to a place that you hate, which is why most videos from all kinds of creators feel the same way. Win, win, win. Close loss, interesting, maybe got a little unlucky, win. And at mm. the end, I love this deck. Things I love about this deck, because if you don't present it that way, you get basically discouraging reactions from your community. Unless you're a creator who likes that. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's that's all of the bile I needed to expend on that account. Okay. But crafties, if you want the most updated version of the deck that I've been running to a 68% win rate in Mythic, you can find that. Go to my Twitter and just scroll to the top and scroll to tweets that weren't made a month ago and uh, you shall find it there. Have you considered making maybe a gameplay YouTube video and posting it on the ArenaCraft YouTube so I could access it in a way that works for me, <laughs> Mr. Content Creator? <laughs> Keep it in YouTube land for the for the YouTuber over here. I, I have thought about it. Yeah, I've been I've been super busy and working a new job and trying to anyway, there's a long and boring adult uh, explanation as to why that hasn't been done. But I have thought about it. I would like to do it. And uh, I even did a little write up on Twitter because because there were a lot of people reaching out to me just after your video, but also in general, just being like, I can't seem to win with the deck. You have a high win rate with the deck. What's going on? And so I just like a little, little write up, you know? See? Made you famous. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> no, You're welcome. No, no press is bad press, I guess. <laughs> it's but, true. But uh, yeah, if you want to read that little write up, you can go to my Twitter and read that too. I think it's fairly remedial stuff. And here's the thing, right? Is that a lot of versions of the ramp deck are like, there's no, you don't need the write up, right? It's like 20 ramp spells, 12 seven drops, have fun, right? Either you draw your, your fatties or you don't. Either you get your ramp in time or you don't. And then you just hit concede and move on to the next game. I personally enjoy a little more interaction in my games and a little more strategy and a little more, you know, intrigue, as it were. And so the version that I have built has a fair amount of mid game and I really enjoy it. Okay, before we leave Simic Ramp, I've, I've got to do okay. one thing. You've dunked on Coma. Yep. Fans have come into the comments and said, I'm here for Arjuna dunking on Coma. That's <laughs> yeah. been some of the comments we've received. All right. People like you taking shots at Coma. I played a game on stream and I know you saw it. <laughs> oh, God. It was like a, an hour long. I drew, I believe it was 14 lands oh, and four spells. God. Two of them were ramp spells. One of them was Prosperous Innkeeper and one of them was Coma. My opponent drew 30 eight cards Toski. out of their deck because of Toski. They had a live Toski the entire Mono game. Mono green. Yeah. And I had a turn five coma and I literally played no other spells for what felt like half an hour. What'd you think? The opponent was literally discarding to hand size every turn. Yeah. And like playing out threats every turn. And yes, one coma the Cosmos Serpent kept the entire thing at bay for the entirety of the game. And you know... Here's the conclusion I came away with from that saga CGB. Mono green sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Tier three deck. Come on. No. I, come on. Coma, coma thirsts for your approval, master. You know, Simic. The Simic monster just wants a nice word from Sensei Arjuna. Come on, Senpai. Come on. Say something nice for Coma. Come on. Come on. Coma has enough lovers in the world. Wow. I went through all that, and you won't even give him a nice, a good boy. Okay, fine. I'm done. I'm, I'm off it. Do you know what, CGB? I literally had zero copies of Coma in my collection until I built this deck. 
I actually, I was like searching for Koma and it wasn't popping up. And I was like, I never crafted or opened a single copy of this card in my entire life. Not even during all of my Sultai days. I never put it in my sideboards. So, you know, Koma, if that's not good enough for you, buddy, I don't know what is. All right, Koma, go blue. Let's keep moving along here. Now it's time for us to talk about the future of magic. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. So uh, I'm going to let CGB drive the rest of this episode. And I'm very interested to hear, Covert Go Blue, what you think about all of this. And there is a lot of it. So yeah, man, take us there. All right. So what happened in the Magic Showcase 2021 is the article I'm going to be referencing. It's on dailymtg.com. Again, with the name, what happened in Magic Showcase 2021. And you might ask, if you don't keep on top of everything Wizards does, like I feel I have to sometimes. Magic Showcase 2021 was a Twitch stream, a pre-recorded video that went through and announced their lineup of products that they will be launching in 2022 and 2023. So as the Arena Craft podcast, many of these things did pertain to Arena. So we're going to cover and just kind of fill everybody in on the what's coming in Magic Arena and in Magic the Gathering for 2022 and 2023. And we're going to spend more time, of course, on the sets for Arena, the standard sets, because we know that's what most of you are most concerned about. We'll get Arjuna's reactions on what he thinks of them and a little bit more reaction of mine as I've had a few days to digest this. And I also made a video summing it up previously. That's on YouTube as well. So you ready? Oh, I'm ready, dude. Oh, my gosh. So it could be TLDR like this. Millions of cards. Just nonstop raining from the sky magic cards. If you thought 2021 had a lot of cards and a lot of magic, oh my goodness, they are not even, they're not close to done. But as far as standard goes, at least they're not doing five sets next year. There are five this year. So yeah. it doesn't look like five sets is at least currently scheduled to be the future standard. So they started things off with talking about Innistrad Midnight Hunt which we all know about. There's going to be a stream that looks like the official launch of the preview season on September 2nd. So I believe that means next week we'll have that to discuss. That's going to be fun. And they have, oh gosh, I lost it. I had it open over here. They had an actor from True Blood who's, I guess, does a lot of stuff with D&D too, who plays a werewolf in True Blood, like a really hunky one. And he's going nice. to be on the stream. Joe something. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Anyway, we knew about that. Then we have Innistrad Crimson Vow, which as they still didn't announce who's getting married, people are just speculating on that. Curious what Twilight vampire or True Blood vampire they're going to wheel out as a celebrity to talk about that. Hmm. Do you have a we'll theory? See. I mean, I want Anna Kendrick, but she's too A-list, man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm an Anna okay. Kendrick fan. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, we knew about those. So mm. not a lot to react to there. So we're going to go beyond 2021. Are you ready? Strap ourselves in. Let's go. There's a lot of paper products. I'm going to skip over a lot of like be your local game store champion and like pioneer challenger decks and things like that. I don't think we need to cover that. Do you, do you feel a need to cover any of that? No, I'm good. So we'll go straight to Kamigawa, Neon Dynasty. We are going back to the plane of Kamigawa, a place that we revisited. My gosh, what was it? 2000. Three is a long time. Ago. A long time ago. But we are going to visit the plane, which was set on the samurai feudal period in Japan. We are going to this plane, Kamigawa, 
2,000 years in the future from the last time we visited it. And we are going to the Neon Dynasty, which is very cyberpunk, is very Neo-Tokyo. It is very anime and very not anything I had ever in my life thought I would associate with Magic the Gathering. Have you seen the art from this? Have you seen some of the... Yes, images. I have. It's like Blade Runner, right? Well, like, yes. we're basically That's taking well magic into the world of Blade Runner. And, you know, I was actually wondering when they were going to do this. I felt like it was inevitable, especially with all of this, like, new kind of crossover stuff. I was just wondering when magic was finally going to go to the future, right? I was wondering when we were finally going to have, like, flying cars or, you know holograms or you know any of that kind of stuff it's easy to make the jump from magic to the future right because there's a lot of crossover there when i say magic i mean like the the fundamental concept of just magical stuff right you know there's a lot of futuristic things which are very magical right and so it's it's kind of like it makes sense to me that that would eventually Mm. happen but I'm a little bit surprised, I have to say, I'm a little bit surprised to see it presented in this way, like to have neon in the name, like we actually have freaking like neon lights. All right. They're yeah. just, they're, just fu- they're going full out here, man. Neon lights are totally cringe and stuff. Alexa, turn off the studio lights. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, Alexa, turn on the studio lights. <laughs> I was trying to get my neon lights off. And it only kept one on and uh, very embarrassing. Okay, go on. So neon. So yeah, yeah. Basically lava lamp. Lava lamp magic is uh, is where we're going. So so you know what's interesting? I was people have asked me this question of like, what would be a crossover that would get you excited? Because I am a very like I'm kind of grumpy old Arjuna when it comes to these crossovers. I'm just kind of not about it. It personally pulls me out of the magic universe and makes me feel weird. But I was thinking that one crossover that would kind of get me going would be StarCraft. And I don't know if that would ever happen because Blizzard property, you know, but that's a universe I could get behind and would find interesting to play a magic set based around. And I'm not going to get that. But this Kamigawa is like, eh, kind of reminds me of that. It kind of could be that, you know? Maybe. Yeah. So I just can't, for some reason, I can't make that jump. I see magic as fantasy, and Mm -hmm. I see anything like future set as technology. Mm -hmm. And for me, they just don't, they don't mingle in my brain the same way. Mm -hmm. So I I think then now people expect I'm going to go grumpy old man and be like, I don't want technology in my fantasy. I actually am excited and concerned at the same time because this looks totally like a product i'd enjoy i love the kind of anime and obviously i love the aesthetic i've always felt kind of torn that i have this kind of neon futury vibe thing to my stream <laughs> and that magic Dude, is a fantasy thing it was made for you man i know it seems like i was ahead of my time or that i knew something it seems like i'm on the inside track i've got to make the most of this time when it looks like my uh my character and my whole brand is gonna sync up perfectly but honestly i just i have trouble putting the two together but i'm still excited about it because it sounds like a game i'd want to play and we'll get to this when we get into the secret layer stuff in the universes beyond but basically taking the magic rules engine and remember how every property like had to have a, a card game at one point yes. like we went through this in the 90s and 2000s yes, and do. still every now and then every property needs a card game mm-hmm. well now they're just straight up saying we're going to license the magic rules and we're going to let every property make 
a game that is actually just magic because it's just a great game. Why not? And this feels like doing cyberpunk anime, The Gathering, but it's within standard. And I don't know. Like I said, I'm worried, but I'm also excited because it does seem like a game I would totally check out. Dude, I'm just looking forward to Isumaru Robo Hound of Konda. (laughs) That's what I'm looking forward to. Yep, yep. We've got this uh, feature art that shows like a cyber origami raccoon on a future ninja's shoulder. Mm hmm. Yep. And I, wow. Yeah, wow. this ninja has like a little kind of neck chin brace, which is how you know it's the future, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. I'm just really curious to see how magic does the future. And so, yeah, bring it on, I say. And uh, just don't make it OP. <laughs> just not Eldraine. Yeah. Do you think they're going to print Umazawa's Jite, oh, but now God. it's a planeswalker? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Oko's Jite. <laughs> oh my, yeah, Oko's Jite. There it is. All right. I'll go ahead and move along, but I do want to say, as far as like a first quarter set, I think this is at least a buzz hit. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be really hyped. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. This next one Streets of New Capenna. This is the second quarter set for 2022. It will be standard legal, it will be on MTG Arena. Streets of New Capenna, I'm going to say until somebody tells me I'm pronouncing it wrong for the 50 millionth time, and maybe I'll change. This is a new plane, uh, to my knowledge, that we haven't been to, hasn't really been alluded to, and it is a plane that is run by three-color demon crime families. This is based on, it looks like Godfather, Goodfellas kind of vibes. Yeah. Supposed to be a very metro, gritty, urban type feel. The three color shards we expect would be Esper, Jund, Bant. It's hard to think of all of them off the top of your head. Naya. Grixis. Uh, because we've already had Grixis, yes. Yeah. Grixis better be good. Better be. Oh, uh, man. It, I mean, it should be the, the real Triumph, mom. Right? Triumph, Triumph, yeah. Triumph. So yeah. we can hope for Triumphs. Yeah. And since Ikoria just did the enemy kind of tri pairs, this would make sense, mm-hmm. which would be great. Mm-hmm. And it looks from the art that we have Omnixilis running a crime family. And also they have mentioned that this is a city with special significance to Elspeth. It was built by angels, but it's now been taken over by demons. How do you feel about the Godfather comes to Magic the Gathering in the form of an angels versus demons type situation in the streets of New Capena. My favorite take on this was Mob Nixilis. So God, that the, might actually be the name of the card. That, I mean, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. I mean, I'm down with it. I have to say that the whole like mafia mob thing doesn't loom that large in my particular imagination. However, one of the things that I have enjoyed when played with these themes of like extortion coercion crime like i feel like when they do that the results are usually pretty fun and they usually produce cards that i really enjoy i feel like the demir guild is kind of in that direction you know we had cards like disinformation campaign which is a you know an all-time limited favorite and even showed up in some fun standard decks so if they're going to continue to work with those kind of themes then I'm really into it. You know, I really like that style of magic where you're not brute forcing it, you're finessing it, and you're kind of like bleeding your opponent out. 
and you know you have to take a lot of game actions to end the game and stuff like that i mean people have gotten a little tired of rogues obviously but i think in general when it's balanced right it's just a really fun way to play magic so i'm here for it you said rogues you might have triggered a bunch of people and now they think it's going to be just a set full of rogues and they're out (laughs) yeah you know i would hope that they've learned from that but If there's one thing I've learned about wizards, it's that they don't necessarily seem to learn from their mistakes. I would bet money that there are people at Wizards who view Rogues, the deck, in Standard as a success. Oh, I'm sure they do, right? I'm sure they do. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I I promise. Okay, sorry. Before you go on, I just have to say that even though there's a lot of hate for like Ruin Crab and Friends and whatever, when's the last time Demir was playable in Standard? You know what I mean? And like, there you go. enduringly playable. You know, there have been these like hot little moments where maybe you could make a deep run into Mythic or a tournament playing some particular Demir control deck. But like having a really like a pillar of the format be Demir, when was the last time that was possible? Or a deck where you legitimately had milling the opponent out as a win con. Yeah. You know, it's hard. Like people forget this. You could not play mill because Uro was in the format. Yep. It was just unplayable for a very long time. It was a meme before that. And uh, Demir, yeah, blue-black was just not a real color combination. Look at all the times I've tried to play blue-black on my channel over the years if you want to see that in action. And yeah, I think people forget that really quickly because Rogues is really annoying, but there are definitely ways that Rogues can be considered a success. So anyway, that's a little bit of a side tangent. I'm going to bring it back around. So try colors. It would be awesome to get Triumphs. I think everybody wants Triumphs. I think it's one thing that has people pretty excited. Do these types of Triumphs, do they have to cycle? Or do you think there is another mechanic we can print on the on the card? That would be interesting. I mean, have they ever done that before where they like release a cycle which has one mechanic and then they complete the cycle with a different mechanic? Is that a precedented thing? I'm not sure, but I also feel like they don't have to... I feel like they're not required to make them cycle. You know, I I feel like they could do something else here if they wanted to. Maybe it would be a new mechanic. That would Mm -hmm. kind of be shocking. Because I I guess one concern I have is I don't, I know that cycling is evergreen, but I don't need a set where cycling is like a major part of the set again Mm. for a long time. Because Ikoria was, ask anybody who tried out Ikoria draft again, you know, when it was free. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I don't I don't know if you saw this on my Twitter CGV cuz you know you're not very savvy with Twitter but I posted I did my one free Akaria draft, you know, and I drafted a pretty sweet Mardu deck. I was pretty stoked about it. Got some cool mythics in there. Game 1, baby. Freaking Boros cycling stomped me into the ground. It wasn't close. Yeah, I I basically just wanted to, you know, quit magic forever at that point. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. And so on that note, then I, I, I'm kind of hoping that they do something different with the Triome. I want a Triome, but I don't want it to be Triome. I want it to be a slightly different name, and I want them to try a few more unique mechanics. I hope they do. I'm, I'm optimistic that they might. Dude, I have a question for you. All okay, right. hit me. The Elspeth in this plane, what will she be like? A of all, will she be mono white? And B of all, what do you think? I don't think she will be mono white. And I remembered what I was going to ask you. And this actually flows perfect. So you're a good mind. Okay. What a quality podcast host. I was going to say, if I had to ask you, design 
Anaya crime boss and crime family. Like, how do you even do that? Like, what is the world building of this set going to be? And then you say Elspeth, and I'm like, okay, so maybe we have three color Elspeth, and she's running some kind of a renegade. Like, picture crime, unquote, as like the rebels in Star Wars. Yeah. You know, no, totally. the scrappy underdog group, right? That that has to break the rules. Yeah, they're like the freedom fighters, you know? They're breaking the rules for the right reasons, man. Exactly. They're, they're going to bring order back to the galaxy. Yeah. Exactly. You know, maybe a couple of their generals are, you know, a little psychopathic. Maybe they're a little more violent than they need to be, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they're all headed in the right direction, right? If, I mean, if we did have like a Naya Elspeth Planeswalker, I, I don't know. I have to imagine it would be a pretty powerful magic card i hope so yeah the last elspeth was not the best escape card in the set let's no, put it that although way. you i mean you probably buried as many people on the ladder with elspeth as anyone right i buried a good amount of people with elspeth on the ladder yeah. i got a good amount of attention for using it in luca fires and best of one yeah it was probably the best run i had playing elspeth but that's because that deck was busted <laughs> and anything that made a token probably could have held that spot yeah fair enough uh, all right Feel good about New Capenna and any closing thoughts there? This is the second quarter of 2022, by the way. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. So there is no core set next year. Looks like they're off it, man. Dude. You like this? That's like one of my favorite things. Yeah, it really is. And here's the reason why, because I'm a limited mage. And let me tell you, some people find something to love in the world of core set limited. And that is not this guy, dude. I think I enjoyed one core set a long time ago. I think it was maybe M19. I had like some fun playing that particular format in Limited. I cannot remember another core set before or after that I felt that way about. And I will say, even Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which was kind of like ish, was kind of core set ish, uh, I have not played a single draft of that format. I just took one look at it, Mm -hmm. and I just noped out of it. Didn't want to roll your dice? Dude, I just... You know what's funny about me, man? I have some certain irrational preferences in Magic, and limited formats is one of them, man. Sometimes I'll look at a limited format, and I just don't even want to touch it. The last time I felt that way... What was the uh, the second Ravnica set that they did? Allegiance. So they did they did uh, return to Ravnica, right? And then they did Ravnica Allegiance. Oh no! Return to Ravnica was like a no. Long that was time a long ago. time. Are ago. you talking about on arena? On arena. So we're talking about guilds of Ravnica, guilds, and then they did Ravnica Allegiance, then... right? Yeah, and then War of the Spark. Yep, yep, that's right. So Ravnica Allegiance. I just again, I took one look at that. I was like, no, thank you will not be playing any limited of that set. So if they're moving towards not having core sets again, that's really good news because I think the chances of me actually drafting the set go way up. And uh, Stokes, what do you think? I think that in branding and business and marketing terms, core set became a dead brand. Yeah. Because you just get everybody who's played Magic for more than a year. When the spoiler season starts, they're just like, it's a core set. I mean, they, they did Ugin and Baneslayer Angel and all this sweet stuff in M21. And there was still a lot of people just saying, but it's, you know, it's a core set. Yeah. They think about going to their local store and buying it. They look at the packaging. Mm, it's a core set. Yeah, boring. It literally got synonymous with boring no matter what they did. So I think that from a marketing standpoint, the best thing you can do is have a core set that's not called a core set. 
like you you described Adventures in the Forgotten Realms as corset-ish. The power level mm-hmm. isn't quite there as with other things. There's a lot of kind of base, like really good utility spells, right? Yep. We got some removal over here. Less text on the cards. Just some useful cards here you and know? there. Yep, yep. They kept the font on the cards, like the normal font size. There aren't like obvious chase broken mythics is usually a feature of corsets. So Adventures of Forgotten Realms, I think, did a good job being the corset without being a corset. And uh, I think that the set I'm about to introduce is going to be another attempt, probably, at being a corset without being a corset. And that is Dominaria United. We are returning to Dominaria, the place with it all. You're shaking your head. I'll get you. I'll get you in a minute. They are saying that we are kicking off the 30th anniversary celebration of Magic the Gathering by returning to Dominaria and doing a Dominaria-based set full of history, throwbacks, and uh, the traditional original fantasy setting that you've come to expect from your favorite collectible trading card game. What do you think about going back to Dominaria? It's clear that you don't watch that much football, Covert Go Blue, otherwise you would already be in on the joke with me here. This is like Dom You, baby. That's my team, Dom You. I'm going to have my red jersey. I'm going to glory hunt the shit out of them. You know, I'm going to like halfway across the globe. I'm going to claim that they're my team for some reason, you know. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm really excited about for Magic to get its first official football club and for all of the glory hunters to come out of the woodworks and, and claim it and support it. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I'm confused. Do you, do you like this idea or not? <laughs> <laughs> so confused. Is this a British thing? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> all right. So perhaps you've been living under a rock for most of your life, but there happens to be this football club called Manchester United, and um, they're perhaps one of the most successful football teams of all time ever. They have one of the strongest. I've actually heard of them. Okay, I you've actually heard of them. Heard of them. Yes. So there you go. Now, of course, there are other United clubs as well as Chelsea United, and there's just a bunch of them, right? But Manchester United was like, it kind of emerged as like, one of the world's super clubs, right? There's been like a handful of super clubs. Barcelona comes to mind. Juventus comes to mind. Where like just the name of the club is is a household name, right? Okay. So anyway, so Dom U, household football club name. Okay. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. So. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I want. I want a secret lair featuring real football players in the cards, right? That's That's what I want for Dominaria united okay <laughs> we got secret layers coming we want like a david beckham <laughs> card right we want a ronaldo card we want a pele card but what about playing magic and going to dominaria in 2022 in quarter number three are, are we happy about that i, I couldn't <laughs> care less about that man it's a corset okay what's the next one no i'm just kidding okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding so so i mean it's fine it's fine it's fine right what was the um i'm trying to think about the last time i went to dominaria was remind me teferi hero of dominaria yeah what was that set called it was just called dominaria, dominaria. that's right that's why i couldn't remember it because yeah. it was just dominaria okay so that was the last it's just time. called dom you dom you <laughs> <laughs> so so I will say that that was a sweet limited format. So if it has any resemblance to that format, then I'll be super stoked about it. Uh, but yeah, I'm really not excited to welcome Teferi back into the canon of Planeswalkers. I mean, like, when have they not printed a busted Teferi Planeswalker? Master of Time. Wait, 
No, that was a totally broken one. In the core set, the four mana plus one, oh. you can do it on both players' turns. That was broken. Time, I got time raveler. Okay. Yeah, that one didn't really get there. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. That was fine. Fair enough. It was fine. Fine card. Really good in commander, like multiplayer games, by the way. Oh, you can put a target on yourself just by annoying everybody by saying, wait, in your end step, or plus my Teferi. Tank, tank, tank. Anyway, whole other story. So I think that this is a really smart, kind of safe move, you know? Like, they're calling two risky plays. They're taking us to future Kamigawa, and they're taking us to Gangsterland New Plane. And both of those things run the risk of not feeling like traditional fantasy-based magic, right? Mm -hmm. And if they are going to lose any amount of players during that time, if any would ever follow through on their threats to quit magic forever because it doesn't feel like the game that they love, then they do the thing where they gotta win them back. They gotta bring them back because they always come back. And so by having a Dominare United fall set... That, you know, is also, or no, this isn't the fall set. This is a summer set. Yeah. So, yeah, the Dominari United set is going to be like, here's all the traditional Magic the Gathering things that you probably love. Come experience them again. And if they hit a home run on this, kind of make it the core set that's not a core set, but also give people the nostalgia feels. I think it can make up for any bad feelings that people might have from the risky stuff I think they're doing in the beginning of the year. Yep, I agree. And it seems like they really want to hammer that nostalgia home because I'm looking at the next set here as well, which oh, yeah? if you're done talking about Dominaria, let's, I think it's a pretty easy segue into the next one, right? It absolutely is. Yeah. So you want to introduce this? Sure. Okay. So this one, I actually knew about this first from reading the book, which some people really loved. I found it to be a fairly mediocrely written book after all, but the story itself was fairly interesting. The Brothers War. So this is another one of the oldest stories in the magic book. It's basically the brotherly face-off between Mishra and Urza. And um, yeah, this is like, it pretty much goes all the way back to the beginning of the magic lore here. And it's also like, it's got that whole, like, I mean, the Brothers War also happened on Dominaria, right? Yes. Okay. To my knowledge. Yep. So it happened on Dominaria. It was the first time they introduced Phyrexia. And so it does make me think, you know, they've been kind of dropping all of these hints about Phyrexia coming back, Phyrexia coming back, Phyrexia coming back. So I expect to see like a slow ramp into this, and then it's just going to be like a Phyrexian explosion in the Brothers War. That's my prediction. This goes back, it, it even says right here, it goes back 30 years into the past from the last time we were on Dominari or whatever that set before it, Dominari United might be. Mm -hmm. So it is sort of, um, we're doing a let's go back. You know what I mean? We're yep. doing a back to the future where we do Dominaria now, and then we're going to do now we learn about Dominaria from the past. And it, mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of, they're messing with the timeline a little bit, you know? interesting i haven't yeah. read the book either when did the book come out do you know oh a long time ago long time yeah ago. it's okay. like a, it's one of those foundational magic books you know i don't know if you do enough anime you've had your football talk yeah all right take us there. it's like who's naruto who's sasuke is it like is it that level dude dude yeah 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 i'm i'm getting some like neon genesis vibes perhaps you know like this is definitely gonna be some like big robot kind of you know 
fighting oh yeah you know destroying buildings in tokyo kind of action going on here. naruto evangelion there you go dude yeah. oh i'm feeling Let's it go. i'm feeling it okay yeah looking at the art look at the scale like yeah. i you see i don't know which is which i can't tell from the art but it's either urza or mishra i assume walk in with yeah. the giant staff in the middle and just these towering mech type warriors around him and then another layer of like tanks that are bigger than that and another layer of like mega mechs or something yeah and there's flying drones in the air battleships it's it looks intense and i will say no matter what you think of the cards in war of the spark the lore and the art team did an amazing job conveying ravnica going to war yeah like that was in my opinion the best thing about war of the spark was that it just felt so intense and so much richer uh like a full immersive experience between the art the lore and just the buildup of the story itself and i think that they can do that again they showed that they can make it sounds bad but i mean it's fantasy world building they can make war in these planes a compelling mm -hmm. thing to play out on the cards so mm -hmm. i think this could be a big hit yeah no you're totally right and i mean if there's one thing that war is it's really epic right and so exactly they captured that with war of the spark and it looks like they want to make this about as epic as they can i mean they're really really playing it up you know i for one welcome our large robot overlords i have always <laughs> you know i mean there's two things I, I i'm definitely like a little bit on the timmy scale you know when it comes to all this stuff i really like to get big creatures down and stuff and yeah i i'm stoked for this set I really hope that they do a good job of it. This concept art for me is like halfway between Star Wars and like Half-Life 2. That's that's kind of where I put the vibe of it. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Really so cool. yeah, I really, I really like this. To me, this feels like a crescendo. I feel like they're really like going to put a lot of juice into this. It might have that same War of the Spark kind of thing going on. And here's another interesting thing is like, so War of the Spark was all about planeswalkers, right? And they really, really worked with that design space. And it makes me wonder if the Brothers War is going to be like a massive artifact set. I would expect to. Yep. And if that is to happen, it's going to be really interesting. Because as we all know, every time artifacts get strong in magic, silly things happen. And uh, so I'm really curious to see what they do with that. Just don't make ways to make them cheap or like just universally OP. Don't print Smuggler's Copter, don't print Skull Clamp, don't print Umazawa's Jite, and don't make the artifact lands. Don't make Affinity, you know? Hopefully they've learned these lessons. We've seen so much work with like colored artifacts, right? And so I think colored artifacts can go a long way mm -hmm. to balancing artifacts so yeah. that every deck just doesn't end up being the same. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point. So I'm going to go down a list of products I am going to ask you the eternal question of the podcast. Gas. Gas. Or ass. Or ass. Okay, let's go. And you do not get to say, no opinion, not for me. Okay. That means ass. You have to, like, we do not ride fences here. No. This is hot takes, okay? All right, let's go. All right, you ready? Oh, I was born ready. I'm full of gas, man, so let's go. I'm going to say the name of the set and introduce briefly what it's about and then throw it to okay. you. Okay. All right. Unfinity. And this is a white-bordered set that will not be legal in any formats. These sets are designed basically to be fun and ridiculous and basically be a, like a cardboard Magic the Gathering meme. This is Magic in Space, pitched as a space carnival slash amusement park slash circus in space, featuring, probably most excitingly, Spacic Lands. 
These are lands that are in space. Arjuna's losing it over here. Arjuna, once you collect and compose it yourself, we need the answer. Gas or ass? This is a this is a big ass for me. I just I took one look at this picture and I was like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. In fact, I was worried for a moment that this was like a real set. You know what I mean? I was worried. And and I never would have thought that, right? Before yeah. this year. I never no one yeah. could ever have convinced me to get worried about looking at this concept art. But now I have no idea, dude. I have literally no idea. I mean, we could be like, you know, just paltry years away from stuff like this being just, you know, the norm in the game. So I think that that shows a little bit of the the uh, traumatization and the mematization of the brand, which has been happening lately. And so, yes, for me, I look at this and it fills me with consternation and I feel that it is complete ass. All right. The next one. Oh, by the way, that gets an ass from me, too. <laughs> okay. For those keeping score at home in the scorecard. Yeah. All right. Next up, Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms returns with Battle for Baldur's Gate Commander Legends. This is going to be a paper commander-only expansion that is going to continue the Magic the Gathering story, but in the D&D realms, in the very, very popular city of Baldur's Gate. I think I know the answer, but Arjuna, Baldur's Gate Commander Legends, gas or ass? It's gas. I'm not going to write home about it. I'm probably not going to lose sleep over this set or anything, but I think that it's uh, it's like tried and tested. I'm looking at the concept art here and it's giving me feels. And uh, yeah, I think that this will be a fun return to some traditionalism. Uh, and I think they've been doing really well. Honestly, I think that they've been like really treating the throwbacks well lately. They've been giving them a lot of respect. It kind of gives me that feeling of like the Mandalorian, right? Where you, mm, where you like nice. watch this thing and it feels like there's just so much love for the property. And I feel like that's been a little lacking in some of these other sets, right? A little lack of reverence or something. So when I look at this, it feels very reverent to me and I like that. If they wanted to continue the D&D theme, I think there's a great way to do it. I don't quite understand the love for Baldur's Gate, but I know it was a game and it's been a location in one of the books I read, but that's as far as I am into D&D lore. But it's obviously, you know, means a lot to a lot of people. So I think if they wanted to keep doing D&D, this is a great way to do it. And while I might have been concerned about doing a D&D crossover set in the past, the more ridiculous the other crossovers get and the and the takes on other planes get, the more I'm like, yeah, D&D, it's fine. <laughs> totally. It's basically is just like magic. These two are great. No problems. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it gets a gas from me too. All right. Paper Magic product, the return of Double Masters, Double Masters 2022. What is Double Masters? Instead of one rare in each pack, there are, whoa, two rares or mythic rares in each pack. There are also two foil cards in each pack. It's often a set loaded with reprints and special like foils and borderless things. I, I've opened some sweet foil borderless special arts in Double Masters. Are you excited? For Double Masters 2022. Gas or ass? This is what I'll say. I think overall this is gas. It, having said that, this is like falls among the category of most not for me products. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have been talking about this lately, about how magic has expanded a lot. And the concept of not for me magic cards is just growing with every day. You know, like you look at, look at these secret lairs, for example. I mean, like they're all designed to be 
specifically appealing to certain people and probably not for me for the rest of us. And so Double Masters is really that way for me. I'm not a paper card collector. I know that there was a lot of controversy, as there usually tends to be around these Masters sets and paper, when the last one came out. But I don't know, man. For me, I look at this and I see just like lots of foily rare cards and stuff like that. And I think that that's pretty cool. And to be honest, like if you're the kind of person who's going to invest in this you know why you're doing it. You know why you're putting down the money. You're probably the kind of person who's keeping track of the values of your magic cards and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're going to go into it with open eyes. So ultimately, I think this is a gas. Okay. Those are all good reasons for it to be a gas. But I'm going to give it an ass because even when I bought it and opened really valuable cards, I felt just no connection to mm, it. Mm-hmm. No lore, no like through theme. It's like, yay, I cracked a really good thing, but I'm not a I'm not even that excited to play with them because I don't feel any attachment. What I've realized most when I build my decks and when I sort my collection is I feel attachment to the formats of the past. Yeah. I feel attachment to cards that I got to play in sweet decks long ago. And I don't feel that way when I open a double masters. Like if I hit a card I used to play, it feels good, but I'm not excited that's from double masters. It just makes me want the original, to be honest. Yeah. I want the original art and I want the original border and the original frame because that's where, how the nostalgia feels to me. So I don't don't have a problem with it existing, but like you said, definitely a not for me product. It gets an ass for me, dog. There you go. Jumpstart ass. 2022. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't even let him. I couldn't even let him get it out of his mouth. Sorry, CGB. I was rude and I interrupted you. But yes, this uh, Jumpstart 2022 is going to be ass in my opinion. Okay. Jumpstart 2022 (laughs) arrives in stores around the world in the fourth quarter of 2022. Leaping to new heights, Jumpstart 2022 comes packed with new booster fun treatment. A new to magic card in every pack. That's kind of sus. Yeah. Are these going to be legal? What are they going to be legal in? How hard are they going to be to get? Dozens of themes to mix and match for fun and plenty of amazing reprints for every fan to enjoy. Yeah, Jumpstart, you're dead to me. The only reason I'm like somewhat giving the historic Horizons Jumpstart a pass is A of all, they're printing a lot of sweet cards into the format and I'm down with that. And B of all, it's a digital only set and I'm down with that, right? I'm a lot more forgiving of digital only sets because yeah, have fun, you know, knock yourself out. Let's try some new stuff. I don't know, man. They, in my opinion, they kind of botched it with Jumpstart the first time around and it looks to me like they're basically just going to recreate the formula here and I'm just not seeing anything that seems remotely interesting to me. If new players love Jumpstart as much as Wizards of the Coast say that they do, cool. Mm -hmm. Glad it's here. But am I ever going to play it? Hell no. And I wish wish it didn't have to be here. I wish... I wish they had something better, to be honest. Yeah. So here's one of my issues with Jumpstart. And I've said this before. I think the concept is great. I just think the execution has been fairly lackluster. One of the reasons I feel that way is that I feel like they've... Okay, this is what bothers me. I feel like Wizards feels an allegiance to all of their cards, right? They print a card you know, Darkest Goblin, 1-1 Vanilla, right? And someone thinks that Darkest Goblin is a classic magic card, and they're just waiting, they're just waiting at Wizards R&D for the chance to put it in a new set. And then something like Jumpstart comes along, and they're like, 
Perfect. Let's just put Dorcas Goblin right into the set. It's going to be great. It's going to be a throwback. It's going to match the power level of the format. It's going to be awesome. And for me, I open it up and I'm like, Dorcas Goblin is a relic from the past. No one liked this card back then. No one wants to play it now. Why is it in my stupid pack of magic cards? Like, this is the thing that's driving down the price of this product, right? And so for me, it just feels like an excuse to reprint mediocre cards. And I am not here for it. Yeah. Jumpstart, like, I've only done it on Arena, but it reminds me of all the things you leave on the table at at the convention and just kind of never look back, act like it wasn't yours to begin with, and hope nobody goes, hey, you forgot these. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You hear hear somebody say that, and you just keep walking. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even want to expend the energy to walk over to the recycling bin, right? Ass, Ass, in case anyone was unclear about that. Next up, oh god, here we go. The the controversy, the drama. Magic the Gathering, Universes Beyond. Some of this was pre-announced, we knew about this one. Earlier this year, we shared an early peek at some of the incredible magic from Universes Beyond. Next year, magic meets Warhammer 40k with four commander decks and, of course, Space Marines. So this one isn't a secret layer, it's four commander products. In the past, like, the Brawl decks were standard legal, but the commander decks were not. So this is unlikely to introduce anything to Arena or Standard. How do you feel about Four commander decks for Warhammer 40k. It just seems like ass to me. This is one of those things where it's like too close for comfort for me. It's like another fantasy property and like, okay, it does have like kind of a futuristic theme to it. But for me, like Warhammer is like, it's a really classic property. And another thing is that like Warhammer and Magic gamers have existed alongside each other for so long and this just feels like this just feels sacrilegious to me man you know this is like yeah man this is like the incestuous elopement that's how this feels to me let's be clear those warhammer players have been taking our local game store table space (laughs) for 20 years and we have had to arm wrestle for it again and again and any game store that sells a lot of miniatures you know like we are we are in a war Dude, that's what I'm talking about. To see who, yeah, man, we had a lot of opportunity to cross over if we wanted to. We've looked across the aisle at them. They've looked across the aisle at us. Hands have been shaken. You know, verbal exchanges have occurred. But how many of them have really crossed and joined, right? We haven't. So why? 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 Who wanted this? Who wanted this? I agree. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm not here for it. Nope. Me neither. Mm -hmm. Ass. But this next one. I think a lot of people are here for it, and you can tell by their treatment of it. Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth is arriving in 2023. And the reason it's part of this announcement, I think, is to get way ahead of potential backlash because unlike all these other universes beyond crossover properties, this one is getting the treatment. Mm. This Lord of the Rings set with characters from Middle-Earth, officially licensed. Straight up, you're going to have Gandalf the card. You're going to have Gollum the card. Frodo the card. Aragorn the card. It's going to be available in Tabletop Magic Online and MTG Arena. As a full set, it will not be. It will not be standard legal Mm -hmm. but i bet it's draftable Mm -hmm. they haven't announced that for sure they have announced it will be legal in historic and in paper and mtgo it will be legal in the modern formats and it's i mean they say full set so you can expect what like 300 cards Mm -hmm. something like that yeah plus there are going to be four commander decks and there are going to be secret layer drops all 
around Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, the Magic the Gathering set. Arjuna, we must answer the question, gas or ass? It's a reluctant gas from me. I mean, okay, it makes sense. Everything about it checks out. The feeling is right. The setting is right. If they're going to do a crossover, it's just inevitable that it would end up being the Lord of the Rings. For me, the Lord of the Rings, though, is like one of those untouchable properties. You know, like I feel like any dilution of the Lord of the Rings just feels like a travesty to me. So that's kind of my personal thinking on it. But um, it does seem like they're going to be treating it with a great amount of respect. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely down for like full set supplementals. I think that those are cool, especially if it's coming to Arena. I think that's really cool. So um, I'm sure it's going to shake up Historic. I think that that's really gas. And honestly, I just want to see what they do with the One Ring. I mean, if they do. How could they not, right? How could they, they could. not? Oh, that would be I don't know, a man. dick move. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Okay. I'm old. I, I want you to know that because I'm about to reveal. I went through a good amount of my life before Peter Jackson dropped the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you, before then, what we had was like the animated version of The Hobbit, mm -hmm. right? Which was really freaking sweet cool. and still one of my favorite things in the yeah, world. I loved yeah. it. But for the, most, for the most part, when I read those books, there was uh, just my imagination could go where it wanted. And I could imagine what Helm's Deep looked like. Yeah. And I could imagine what a lot of the characters like Soromon and the Ents were like. In my imagination, it was a certain way. And then Peter Jackson brought it to life. Absolutely killed. Oh, just and like unbelievable. Yeah. It's actually like, hard to conceive of how well he did, right? Yeah. There are no words to truly express how much he absolutely killed yeah. it. And I believe for the rest of time, that is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I no longer imagine what Helm's Deep is. I know. Mm -hmm. I saw mm -hmm. it. That to me will be Helm's Deep. And Ian McKellen will be Gandalf, etc. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's done. Yeah. Here's my concern. They have the license, but they're not paying those actors. <laughs> no. This is going to be new art trying to convey this, and it's it's going to be weird. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this image of Gandalf from the article, and he's, you know, he's smiling, and there's nothing wrong. It's, it's art. Mm -hmm. It is definitely somebody poured a lot of creativity into this, but it's not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. And I, I'm worried, man, that I'm going to look at these and I'm actually going to be underwhelmed. Yeah. Does that make sense? You're going to feel like fantasy dysphoria, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree like with you. Like we're the bad remake. I agree with you. you. Know? I think, okay, this is what I would do with a Lord of the Rings if it came to magic. The, for me, the natural direction of Lord of the Rings and magic is to like turn up the darkness right? Because I think magic has this mm. wonderful history of like rotting liches and just like super gnarly, you know, spellcraft and necromancy and all this really horrible stuff. For me, I think it would be really cool to take Middle Earth and to like take it back to magic in the 90s and just to have it be like super weird and disturbing and to crank Ooh, it up there, I like it. you know? I like this idea, yeah. like Legends and the Dark, like those two sets. Yeah, just, that's, uh, yeah, and just grimy. like get gnarly because there was that aspect of it, right? Like you have like the Nazgul yep. and the Ringwraiths and, you know, these enemies which are like thousands of years old men who are literally rotting and being held together by magic and like, you know, wielding this like really disgusting pestilent magic. So that's the direction I'd like to, it to go in. And I do agree that looking at this concept art, it just, this concept art is not it right saturday morning cartoons yeah. man. yeah this is this is not it so i'm totally with you there yeah i think if the treatment sucks it's gonna be the assest thing that ever happened to magic 
I don't know. We'll get to some <laughs> potentially assier things. Oh, okay? yeah. Oh, I've already, I already regret saying that, right? <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to give this a gas. All I needed for this to be gas was they're going to at least do something with it on a reel. Yeah, exactly. Because however I feel gas or ass about all these products especially like the universes beyond they should find a way mm-hmm. to work it into arena somehow mm-hmm. I feel strongly about that there's got to be a way to do it so I'm glad that they're doing it with Lord of the Rings so I can feel like a part of this and we on the arena craft podcast get Lord of the Rings spoiler season to look forward Heck to yeah and I mean hell yeah come on man <laughs> like there are some very very notable Gandalfs who play arena and I would just like to see you being one of them, right? And I would just like to see you have the opportunity to rock a Gandalf in real life. So there you go. Dude, Mono Gandalf. Dude, it's going to be sweet. Mono Gandalf tribal is coming. Yeah, they be- they, I mean, oh, come on. They, they better do Gandalf right. That's all I'm saying. Doesn't matter. Going to do it anyway. <laughs> That's true. Could be the, true. I could be the playing the worst deck in historic. Let's go. All right, you said the worst thing that could ever happen to Magic. I was so wrong. This is amazing just for the content. If you want some quality content, pull up the Twitch stream VOD of this announcement and go to the part and just watch chat when this (laughs) is announced. Just watch the amount of people going, no, anything but this. I am talking about Magic the Gathering Secret Lair Fortnite Edition. And there is some concept art. You have to see it to find it as disturbing as it deserves to be found disturbing. Because it's... Whew. Fortnite, the video game sensation. Like, the kids absolutely loved it. Basically drew a divide between people who consider themselves like real gamers with taste and an IQ and those who are just the next generation. If you want to, like, basically draw a line in the sand and say... And look down on... <laughs> I mean, it, it is really funny, I think, how far... Like, the distaste that one group has for Fortnite versus the amount of people who love it and, like, have made it a sensation, you know? And built... Like, memes are built on Fortnite. And now Magic the Gathering has Secret Lair Fortnite Edition. Arjuna, we gotta have it. Gas! Or ass. At, at the risk of exposing myself as, like, a real, just, like, old millennial boomer... I'm going to choose my words very carefully here, okay? So, Bottle Brush, Fernando, you got to leave this in, all right? This is unadulterated bullshit. I, <laughs> I just, I literally, like, I lurched in my chair when I saw this. Not just you, man. It was palpable. I was like, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. It was one of those, like, you know when, um, you know that moment where, like, the, um, the clone army turns on the Jedi, right? And it's like the the Sith power is surging and like everyone in the universe has this collective shudder of like, oh God, something really horrible is happening right now across the universe. That's what this was for me, man. Mm. It's just, Mm. it's just so wrong. It's It's like Senator Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine levels of wrong. Stomach turning wrong i i'm always going to have a weird relationship with this now because it was honestly the most fun thing that happened during the during the broadcast for me Mm -hmm. i was doing i was co-streaming it doing a reaction stream when this happened i just like almost fell out of my chair like i am just in the corner of my room behind me like way back here just 
with my hands over my mouth, just laugh, crying and yelling, they did it. They killed magic. It's dead. You've got about a year to go and then it is over. If magic can survive this, it can survive it. Oh my God. And, and the chat was just going absolutely bananas. This is a content gas because for me who loves seeing the drama, I thought that this was amazing. But my God, I think that the just universal panning of this and everybody being like, no, this is the most unmagic thing I can think of. Yeah, this is like some... It's gotta be ass. This is like some boardroom bullshit, right? This is like the CEO of, you know, Hasbro reached out to Epic Games, you know? And they were just like having a little little like corner office talk you know a little oh yeah oh yeah you went to yale yeah i went to harvard yeah blah 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 yeah i sail my yacht on so-and-so yeah da, da 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 oh yeah by the way i'm the ceo of hasbro supposing we did a crossover between magic and fortnite oh that sounds great dude that i mean you know just dollar signs printing money you know all that kind of stuff all right slam the phone down it's a done deal right and then they call up mark rosewater <laughs> look fortnite it, it had a run. It's been the biggest game in the world yeah. at times. Most popular game in the world. There are a million reasons from a corporate perspective that this is a huge hit. Yeah. And I hope it does well. And I hope it brings people to magic. But yes, I am going to continue to meme that this will kill magic. Because for the whoosh crowd out there, it's just funny. I'm a bit of a... I've discovered this about myself. I'm a bit of a Valky. You are. I really like casting Tybalt's trickery on on the MTG universe every now and then and just seeing what happens. And this this is kind of a hit for me. So yes, I'm going to keep saying it's going to kill magic. For the whoosh crowd out there, no, it won't. It's a secret layer. It won't be legal and standard. Yeah. You don't have to engage with it very much. You might run into it in Commander someday, and when you do, it will probably suck, and it will draw the ire of everyone at that table, and they'll just kill that person and be done with it. But man, is it funny. <laughs> Oh my goodness, dude. I just can't even. I just can't even. I have to learn how to floss, man. Dude, that oh, that is truly something I want to see. See? Content. Content. So, remember when people thought that Magic had jumped the shark when Godzilla showed up in Ikaria? Man, they ain't seen nothing, dude. This is why D&D is just tame now. We're just like, oh good, it's just oh, a D&D crossover. It's just a D&D crossover. It's a return to tradition. Yeah, but they weren't done with video no. games. No, we got another one. And it was really funny. I caught this awesome screen freeze of like Jimmy Wong just looking like death, like <laughs> during the Fortnite talk. And, and and they transitioned very quickly right away from Fortnite into something that they I think they knew would get a little bit, just a little better mm. as far as video games goes. Arjuna, they are introducing Street Fighter. Street Fighter celebrates its, can you believe it, 35th anniversary in 2022. And there will be a secret lair drop featuring the iconic characters in ways only magic can celebrate. And like they've only said it a hundred times and they're going to say it again along with this art. They're introducing a Chun-Li card that has, yes, multi-picker. <laughs> oh, God. Get it? Oh, Do you God. get it? Because she does all the kicks. Oh, God. Like lots of really fast kicks multi So you know you Get know it? what I want them to do? I want them to do the AFR style of keyword where they like name the ability and then they tell you what it oh, is. Oh god. And I want it to just be okay. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> 
that's that's what i want right okay yeah sure okay so i'll wax historical a little bit here because you know covert go blue and i belong to essentially the same generation and uh you know covert go blue has kind of been dropping hints that he's not quite as young as he used to be and so i'll i'll join in on that talk and say that i'll bet covert go blue also remembers spending summers like parked on the couch with his buddies firing up the super nintendo and playing a good round or two of Street Fighter 2 Turbo. I am sure that you've spent many, many an afternoon with your buddies doing this CGB, have you not? One of my greatest memories is, you know, you know, you know when you have your birthday party and you invite like all the boys you kind of know from class, but there's always that one, yep. you know, you, you don't quite get along with yep. them, don't quite like them, a little bit arrogant, yep. you know, thinks he's kind of a hot shot at everything he does, likes to put you down when you try to do cool things. That guy. Totally. Mikey. Dude thought he was the nuts at Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Okay. You know, and he was he was good. He was he was all right. My mother comes down, hears him talking all this smack as like, I, I don't remember how old, but you know, like tween age. And is just like, my mother challenges him to a game. I'm like, Your okay. mom? My Dude. mother. And my mother doesn't play video games. Okay. And she <laughs> picks up the controller. I have these turbo controllers, right? Where you just flip yep. the switch and it, it just, just goes, goes. Yep, right? nonstop, if you remember yep. these. Okay. <laughs> my mom has this controller, and I'm not kidding, turns around with her back to the screen, flips on the turbo oh, switch, probably by accident. God. I'm sure by accident, and beats this kid. Oh, justice. Justice. Done. He was done. <laughs> he was finished. He was never allowed to mention Street Fighter 2 Turbo again <laughs> to anyone for the rest of his life. Oh my gosh. You know, that's like the most Covert Go Blue thing I can even imagine. Covert Go Mom comes down, plays her only game of Street Fighter ever, and just sorts out the hater, dude. <laughs> it's just so destroys good. him with her back turned <laughs> to the screen. It can't be said enough. Not even looking. Like, that is, that's my mom. Dude, that's where I get it from, if you guys are wondering. That <laughs> is the woman who birthed the man we know. It's Kovac Koblu. Doing mom the proud. One, the best of one. Doing mom proud. So, but it's still ass. <laughs> because, <laughs> because <laughs> I it just, is. it's just not magic, dude. It's as simple as that. It ain't magic. Shouldn't yep. be here. Some more, some more boardroom BS right there. Yeah, I can't get that excited about it. It just seems weird. I don't know what universe we're in in Street Fighter. Seemed a pretty modern one every time we've been there. And I just like Walking Dead. I, my mind rejects it. It's a non sequitur, right? It doesn't reject it in the way of like vomit inducing that Fortnite is, but it's still like Walking Dead. Everybody got upset about that. I was not upset, but my mind still was just like, Nope. Yeah. I'm not going to buy or play that. Yeah. Just doesn't belong. Okay. So we covered that. The last thing, they teased it in the very beginning, and then they threw in a little bit about it in the end. Magic comes to Netflix. The Magic oh, God, the Gathering yeah. animated series comes to Netflix in 2022, and they revealed that Gideon is going to be a main character. A lot of the story is going to center on some fallout between Gideon and Jace and their rivalry. Sasuke, Naruto, let's go. And uh, the voice of Gideon will be Brandon Roth, who was Superman. So some pretty, pretty big boy casting mm -hmm. there. Pretty, pretty primetime casting. So with this little bit that we know about it, Magic the Gathering animated series on Netflix. Gas or ass? Okay, man. So this one's 
tough because for a while it was being worked on by those brothers that worked on like the Marvel films and stuff. Do you remember their names? It's like the Russo, Russo brothers, right? That was gas for me. I was all in on that one. Like, who knows what it's going to be like? But, you know, there's like these clips of them talking about it. It sounded like they had reverence for the property. You know, it's it's as blockbuster of a team as you could really imagine working on it. So that just sounded like gas to me, regardless of what the actual product was going to end up being like. This one, eh, I feel like they've farmed it out to like a lesser production studio here. They basically like switched it up. They have Jeff Klein from Transformers Prime, which I did not watch. I have never heard of it, and it sounds awful. And just so based on this qualification alone, it's like a hesitant, but it's an ass. I'm worried about it. The quote for why the Russos and their team of writers left in the process says that they had, I'm like reading it right from an article here, they had differences in opinion of how to adapt the IP. That doesn't sound good coming from a very successful group of writers and producers to me it sounds like they were gonna do a cool thing and then corporate was like uh eh, that's a little too cool we actually want this mm. to be like a kid's show and then the russo brothers were mm. like nah we don't want to make a kid's show we're out i'm gonna put it like this one of the coolest things i remember from last year the year of 2020 that we'll always remember for so many things was watching what the queen's gambit did to oh, chess yes. On Twitch and online. Oh, that show is so good. Great show. Great yep. show. Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Check it out. And it reignited both my desire for chess and that of a million people, like millions of people, because now chess on Twitch is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And PogChamps is one of the most watched things. And A-list streamers are kind of engaging with chess Yeah, now. I mean, Crokey's has been playing chess, you know? Crokey's is doing PogChamps for. Yeah. He is invited to that event. He is the only that I know of full-time magic streamer invited to do something that level of Twitch mainstream, yep. you know? Magic, I can't stress this enough. Magic is such a subculture on Twitch. It's such a spec, yep. and it really only keeps to itself. It barely touches the other games and categories on Twitch. And that is, I think, such a bad thing for the future of magic and the growth of mm. magic. I, I don't like the island magic lives on, and I'm really excited that Crokey's is in this. No matter what you think of Crokey's, the man or streamer, if his content is your cup of tea, like magic needs to cross that barrier yep. and get to the next level on Twitch. And I would love for this Netflix series to be good and draw people into the game in a Queen's Gambit sort of way. Is that likely to happen? No. Because that was a really good show. And those are one in a million. That's it. Like the, the production value was high enough that it spoke to everybody, right? You could like someone who just enjoyed good television could watch that and get excited about chess. It's not enough to be a show on Netflix. You have to be a good show on Netflix to really cross that barrier and really get people into the rest of your world that wouldn't normally be there. And I hope it happens. Just reading what we read, I'm nervous about it. I'm still going to be excited about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to hype it up to the best of my ability. I think everybody involved with magic would be better for it if it were to succeed because we do need like a future for our game. The player base is Asia. I know this better than anyone. I have demographics of who watches this. And, you know, do you want your kids playing Fortnite? 
Do you want your kids uh, all up in the, the Pokemon, or do you want them to engage in your favorite hobby as well? Do you want magic to last another 25 years? I think that we need this. Maybe we don't desperately need it yet, but we need something like it to bridge, or we're going to end up like WWE with the average viewer age of like 40 to 50 people complaining about the product, and they're sitting there trying to market to kids desperately, yeah. <laughs> desperately. And uh, magic, we don't want to get that desperate. Nobody would enjoy it. No. So I hope it works. I hope it's gas. It looks like ass right now. Yeah. Well said. Well said indeed. And that's it. That is all of it. A lot of it. But that is the Showcase 2021. And we have had a look forward to the future of magic. So closing thoughts. <sighs> okay. My closing thoughts are I'm kind of bummed, honestly. I've noticed this trend in, frankly, it's been going like, in my opinion, ever since like the 90s. But I feel like what has happened is that people have figured out like, but like behind creative studios have basically figured out what sells, right? And it's a lot of this stuff where like they take something that was original that developed its own culture, and then it gets to a point where maybe it's listing a little bit. So then they do like some nostalgia plays, and then they do some crossover plays and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like that's really where magic is right now is it's like they're kind of losing steam in their own brand. And so they're trying to prop it up. Right. And so like from the culture of magic perspective and like the creative integrity of magic, it's feeling like at its weakest point to me right now. So I feel a little bit concerned about that. I'm not like, I don't know. I mean, it's good content to say that magic's dying and whatever, but I don't necessarily have that level of like existential dread about it. But I just feel like at some point magic has to like get good again. You know what I mean? At some point. Like, I feel like the design of the game, the nuts and bolts of the numbers and the way the cards work and stuff is still really good. They're designing an amazing game. Sometimes they make cards that are too powerful, but like, I'm still just loving magic. You know, I'm playing standard 2022. These are all recent sets. The magic is really fun. It's really gripping. It's really interesting, right? So the design, the actual core design of the game is really, really good. But I feel like the soul of magic, the, the story of magic, the heart of magic, that everything except the gameplay of magic just seems to be like really struggling right now and i just i want magic to invest in like the things that always made stuff good original ideas good writing you know interesting ideas right that's something that i feel like magic really needs to start trying to invest in now and if it doesn't it's eventually it is going to lose people you know, because you can't keep rehashing Dominaria, right? It's it's like the land before time, right? How many of those did they make? I mean, like, how many times can Littlefoot and friends go back to the land before time? So they have to start coming up with good new ideas. And that's what I'm worried about. I think that's a valid concern. I think that if people share that concern, and I would say, look to Dominaria United and the Brothers War. This is the original kind of magic content, not a gangster movie spinoff, not a cyberpunk spinoff, but this is the original magic lore. Can they do something amazing with it? And if they can, hopefully it will restore that faith a little bit. I hope so. Because I'm with you. You know, it is frustrating to see them lean so heavily on other things to move product. Yes, it works. But I think we all, I think that most of the people listening to this cast will agree that we fell in love with magic because it isn't those other things. Yes. Yes. And they do have to remember that and they have to walk a fine line of make the money that Hasbro demands, but remind your fans that you actually 
are a sweet game with sweet lore. You are Magic the Frickin' Gathering, the world's number one collectible trading card game. And I want some of that swagger to be yourself again. You know, if I, if I were giving Magic itself and its developers a pep talk, you know, I hope it works for them. I, I'm with you. At the same time, I'm really excited about most of this stuff. I think I'm the lowest on the gangsta stuff because I've just never been that into it. But I, I can see that next year is going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm predicting a ton of fun. I predict that like CGB's content creation game and interaction with his audience is going to be like at an all time high next year. That's what I think. <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if there's one thing that you're good at, and I think you are, you are a real Valky, a real Loki, because you thrive in chaos, Kovac Go Blue. And I think there's going to be a lot of chaos next year. So I accept the challenge. Would you like to launch our outro, or am I stuck with the reins? Can I throw it's, them back? It's all you, baby. Take us home. Oh, Take no. Take us into the sunset. Thank you for watching and or listening to the Arena Craft Podcast. You can find the video version with the sweet graphics by our editor, Bottle Brush, on my YouTube channel, Covert Go Blue on YouTube. You can find the podcast on a number of locations, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, probably, and a bunch of other things that I'll probably never get right. But you can hear those audio versions. And thank you to those of you downloading and listening out there. By the way, sorry, just wanted to interrupt you, about go blue we hit a quarter of a million downloads recently that's, that's right. a lot of downloads so i just wanted to celebrate all you crafties for you know sticking with us you know you've been all the way with me you've been a majority of the way with co-op go blue it's been an absolute pleasure making this show for you so i just wanted to celebrate that while we had the chance a quarter million downloads epic so thank you everybody out there for listening remember to rate and review on your podcast platform of choice it does help other people find the show and if you would like to support the show and what we are doing then check out patreon uh search for arena craft podcast or check out link in description over here on the youtube video and did I forget anything? I am Covert Go Blue at Covert Go Blue on Twitter or at Covert Go Blue on YouTube or at Covert Go Blue on the Twitch. Arjuna is Arena Craft Pod on Twitter. Yes. Arena Craft Podcast on Twitch. It. Well done, buddy. And uh, yeah, tag him. Let him know that, you know, tell, just make fun of me. me. Just beat me up for getting the wrong Simic list. Just let him. You know what? Tag him and say... Like Covert Go Blue, I'm sorry for judging you on a list that was not your own. That's what I would appreciate. <laughs> Tag him on Twitter, at ArenaCraftPod. I and Covert Go Blue fans around the world are sorry for judging you on a list that was not yours. Huge mistake. Our bad. That's it. I'm done. Later, Crafties. Later, Crafties.